Did you know bird is a verb? As long as people have existed, we've been fascinated by birds. Perhaps it's their ability to do something we can only dream of. Taking to the sky. Tell the truth. You've dreamed of having powers of flight many times before, haven't you? Even flightless birds have captured the hearts of people over the centuries. They are creatures of majesty. Today, in the 21st century, people continue to admire birds in an infinite number of ways. Many of those ways could be considered birding. According to Dictionary.com, birding is defined as the identification and observation of wild birds in their natural habitat as a recreation, bird watching. I'm willing to bet if you're listening to this, you've observed birds in their natural habitat, or at least seen a bird. Congratulations, you're a birder. Personally, birding is a hobby that has grown and shifted to mean different things as my passion for it has grown. This is true for a lot of birders I know. Because of that, I've got my own definition of birding. Appreciation of and engagement with birds wherever you are. Here's what I mean. 1. Birdwatching. The quintessential form of birding, whether you're sitting on your front porch or taking a stroll through a local park, observing your winged companions is an excellent way to begin birding. Though, warning, once you start looking for birds, it's hard to stop. I affectionately call being a birder a curse, as I can never really stop. Driving down the highway, ooh, look, a red-tailed hawk. Spotting a crow through the window during a work meeting, I wonder what that little guy is getting up to. What kind of mischief is he causing today? And down the rabbit hole we go. So, I warn you, birding is not for the faint of heart. And if you're brave enough for this bird brain curse, I encourage you to simply look up. Keep an eye out for any birds you might find and stop to appreciate them. There's a beauty in being present and watching a robin pluck a worm from the ground. 2. Listening to birds. Bird watching is great, but what if you can't see well? Don't fret, we'll make a bird review yet. Lucky for us, or in some cases unlucky, birds are noisy. From melodious birdsong to mysterious loony moans, birds like their voices to be heard. If you're listening to birds, you're birding. Try identifying patterns of sounds. Perhaps you hear certain calls during the night and some during the morning. Close your eyes and try and imagine what they're saying to each other. 3. Bird Art A couple years ago, I was birding in northern Washington state during a time of year many snow geese migrate through the area. I love geese, and I thought these all-white, rotund versions were especially charming. While I tracked a few through the sky with my binoculars, I was stunned by a loud crack and watched through the binoculars as one of the geese plummeted from the sky into the river where it floundered a bit until a chocolate lab wrapped its jaws around the bird's neck and paddled back to shore where its master was waiting. A hunter collected the body and made off. 
I was shocked and stunned standing in a wildlife preserve during a time of year I was sure was not hunting season. The scene had me in tears, having watched a bird I love get blasted away up close. At the next session I had with my therapist, I recounted the story. In my emotion, I asked why people need to shoot guns when they could shoot cameras like I do. And my therapist said something that I think about almost every time I take photos today. When shooting birds, you aren't taking their life. You're honoring it. I'm immortalizing a fleeting creature in a moment in time. And that's what bird photography and art means to me. Honoring the animals. If you'd like to step up your birding game, try and take some photos or draw birds as you experience them. This is a great way to notice funny quirks birds have and be charmed by their big personalities. Doesn't matter if you don't have a fancy camera, even that dusty old razor phone would work great. Aren't confident in your painting or drawing skills? I'm 100% positive that little sparrow that you're drawing would be so proud and flattered of your creation, if it could see it, and comprehend what it was looking at, of course. Four, investigation. When I was a wee lad, my fifth grade class had an overnight field trip to Discovery Park in Seattle, Washington. Discovery Park is the largest green space in the city, hosting beautiful bluffs and dense forests. During the evening, we brandished our flashlights and were led into the deep, dark woods to look for owls. I couldn't care less about birds at the moment, but being the demented little kid I was, I was thrilled to be going into the pitch-black, creepy forest at night. Our instructors told us not just to look for owls, but owl pellets, which I learned were indigestible bits and bones owls regurgitated. Dark woods and looking for owl barf, I was sold. Eventually, we found a few pellets and took them back to base to dissect and observe under a microscope. I was enchanted as we learned about the rodents these owls devoured and how the owls hunted. That's when owls officially made the favorite animal list. Sometimes, birding isn't about finding the bird, but what the bird leaves behind. There are tons of bird signs to look for. Hope you brought your investigator's hat and magnifying glass. One of my favorite things to do is to follow bird tracks. It's cute to find little footprints in the snow or sand and try and imagine what left them. When they stop, what could have caused the bird to fly away? Try looking for discarded bird food, too. Birds of prey can be messy eaters sometimes leaving fish and other skeletons around their hunting grounds. During your investigation, you may observe nests, feathers, eggshells, and more. Who knew Sherlock Holmes would have made such a great birder? 5. Lists Finally, a huge part of birding is finding and identifying different species of birds. Many birders have a life list a list of birds they've seen during their expeditions, from the backyard and beyond. Lists can be an amazing way to enhance your birding experience. Each time you observe a new bird and add it to the list, 
it's like a game. You know that feeling of capturing a rare monster in Pokemon or finding a rare card in a trading card game booster pack? That's birding. As people's life lists grow, they usually begin to seek out rare birds in their area and go on literal goose chases. The thrill of finding something special is very rewarding as a birder. I prefer to keep my list in a journal, but you can do it however you like. There are apps and websites dedicated to birding and lists. It's really fun to compare and share lists too. All of these things are what I consider birding. Now, before you get going, you might be wondering what to take along with you. The criminally underrated gem of a television show, Portlandia, has a great skit in which the characters are going on a simple hike, but end up taking enough equipment to hike across the continental U.S., all while shouting, Get the gear! When it comes to birding, you certainly don't have to be as zealous as these goofballs, but there is some gear that may enhance your experience. Try starting with a simple pair of binoculars. Binoculars are a wonderful way to focus on individual birds and get an up-close peek at their lives. Next, try getting a bird book for identification. My first bird book came from Goodwill. It was a pocket-sized volume focused on birds of Puget Sound. I loved it. Three dollars. Bird guides can help you learn more about the birds you see, such as when they migrate, what they eat, and plumage variations, plumage being their feathers. Lastly, get you some good rain boots. Birds seem to thrive in rain, especially waterfowl. Go figure, going birding in the rain is fantastic because there are usually less people out and lots of birds hopping around, splashing in puddles, and feasting on all the worms. All of these things are great to start out with. Plus, don't forget to stay hydrated and well-fed during your walks. All these things are considered birding to me, and they can be considered birding to you too. Now that you're ready to start birding, I encourage you to create some of your own definitions of birding. As long as you're getting out into nature and or observing birds, welcome to the club. You are a birder. The world of birding can be a lot to take in at first, I'll admit. Start where you're comfortable. Here are a few ways to dip your toes into the birding community. 1. Take a friend. Sometimes going somewhere new can be a little nerve-wracking. Or even going to a local park can seem like a lot. When I started birding, I was very self-conscious. To tell you the truth, I still am. Are people going to wonder why I'm staring intently into this bush? Are mothers going to pull their children in closer when they see me crouched near a pond with binoculars? These are a few of the irrational thoughts I have while birding. Something that's always helped me when I'm feeling this way is to simply go with a friend. Having somebody to talk to and walk with is refreshing. Hopefully, they'll tolerate your frequent stops along the way, too. Now... If asking a friend to go birding is a tough sell, just ask them to the park or on a hike. 
I have many friends and family members that love being outside, but don't care for birds or birding. Simply ask your person to tag along and maybe introduce them to birding once you arrive. Birds and buddies sounds like two birds. Well, you get the point. Two, online groups. Birders are all around us, even if you don't know it. One way this is evident is by checking out online birding groups. You'd be surprised how many members of your you'd be surprised how many members your local group has. Popular groups can be found on Facebook, but try googling for other groups in your area too. Check out people's photos to get acquainted with birds and names. Ask questions and look for local birding hotspots. I'll be remiss not to mention eBird as well. eBird is an awesome birding website featuring maps, lists, friends, and a whole lot more. 3. Show and Tell One way I found many friends and built my own community is simply by sharing my excitement for birds. At work, usually the topic of birds comes up one way or another. I've made many unlikely friendships bonding over this shared passion. I even started my own birding club at a previous job, which peaked at about 20 members, some of whom I had never even met before our first meeting, all from word of mouth. It was such a warm feeling to find people I could relate to via birds. All of that from sharing my passion. Same goes for social media. Share a cool fact you learned about birds, maybe even one from this podcast. Post that bird pic you snapped with your iPhone, or a selfie of you at the park birding. People will become interested and want to know more. Plus, on social media platforms like Instagram and Twitter, it's easy to find new friends by liking and sharing photos. I've met people from all over the world via my birding Instagram page. One of my favorite hashtags is, I saw a bird. So simple, so pure. Four, volunteer. Volunteers are a gift to the community. Why not share your passion for birding while doing something good? Search for local or national nonprofits near you dedicated to conservation and restoration. The National Audubon Society is a fantastic organization to support. When I moved to Maine from Washington, I was completely alone. One of the first things I did was join the volunteer squad at Maine Audubon. I was hauling canoes and tightening life jackets on my volunteer shift, but man, was it worth it to talk bird with other volunteers and the public. Quickly, I made four new bird friends just from that volunteer gig alone, and it helped a good cause to boot. Try adjacent activities too, like trail restoration or volunteering at your city's local parks department. Your volunteer role doesn't have to be directly related to birds or even wildlife, but as long as you have that environment to talk about what you care about with other like-minded people, I'd say it's worth it. Something that is of paramount importance to me as a birder and person is inclusion. From my experience and the experiences I've heard from others 
and learned about regarding birding. Birding is and has been an older white male dominated hobby. When I say older, I'm talking retiree age. Also, birding is largely an exclusive hobby. What I mean by that is, essentially, you have to know somebody to get into it. Many people I've met started out when their parents introduced them to the hobby, whose parents introduced them to the hobby, and so on. Well, I'm a 20-something-year-old black male with absolutely no friends or family that have ever birded, or probably even know what birding is. What do I do? When I first started birding, I'll admit, I was hesitant. How do I feel comfortable in this realm, in person, and online, when I'm not seeing anybody that looks like me? Not even a little bit! Unfortunately, I had a couple bad experiences with online groups with pretentious and gatekeeper-like people, so I decided to remove myself from that environment. However, this doesn't mean I was giving up on birding. Quite the opposite. I was going to make my own community, one where everyone belonged and had fun, where we won't tear each other down for calling a golden-crowned kinglet a yellow-crowned kinglet, and we would love to see your cell phone seagull photos. Birding is a hobby you'll always be growing and learning in. I wanted to be around people that could help me learn, so I created my Instagram and work club, along with various other intertwined clubs, and quickly found myself surrounded by birders of all skill and experience levels that all had the same love for birds as me. And we were building each other up. It's awesome. Turns out I'm not the only birder that looks like me, and other people felt like that too. So I implore you, when you begin birding and eventually become a pro, be kind to the newbies. Help people grow and their passion will blossom just like yours did. My final piece of discussion is the most important. Save the best for last, they say. Birding is first and foremost for the birds. We admire them. We honor them. When you are in nature, respect the wildlife. Do not scare birds or bother them with noise. The goal is to observe respectfully. Think about it like this. If we scare birds off for the sake of a photo or to check one off our lists, they'll eventually not come back. What fun is that? Imagine telling your grandchild about your cool birding adventures, building up an excitement in them to go out birding, but the birds you once saw have been driven from their homes. I once heard disrespectful birders were the largest threat to birds. While this is an exaggeration, hello, global warming, disturbing nesting sites and ruining their natural habitat is devastating for birds. Please be kind to them. Keep your distance and stay quiet. Breathe in. Be one with nature. Take only memories and photos. Do not harm the plants either. If you see signs marking boundaries at wildlife refuges or preserves, stay back. Flora is fragile and slow to grow sometimes. Let's keep it fresh, yo. Now that you've got a solid grasp on what birding is, let's get out there and start marveling these 
avian wonders. Next time you go on a bird watching walk, let me know. Tag Will's Bird Brain on Instagram or Twitter and share your favorite moments in nature. Don't forget to say hi to me and other birders that you meet. Thank you for joining Will's Bird Brain, and we'll see you in the next episode. Happy birding. Mm-hmm.